Welcome back to the Sisters in Sustainability podcast. I am your host, Victoria Lynn. This week, we are talking about Sustainable Development Goal 3, good health and well-being, as we are joined by Jordan Butler, all the way from Wisconsin. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm thrilled to have you. Before we get started, though, why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Jordan Butler. I'm a local delegate in Wisconsin. So my current title is Miss on Alaska. And I'll be competing for Miss Wisconsin this upcoming June. Um, I've been involved in the Miss America opportunity for quite a few years now. I started off as a teen in 2012. I um, competed in the teen organization for a few years and then took some time off before I came back to Miss in 20, 2019, 2020. Um, so I, I mean, I love this organization. I love what it does for young women in our country. I love the empowerment and I love the community service aspect. So my community service initiative is building resilience for healthy futures, which um, provides social awareness and support for children who have gone through ACEs, which stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences, otherwise known as Childhood Trauma. Awesome. I am super excited to be able to dive into your community service initiative in researching it and seeing a lot of the work that you've been doing. It's just, I think, such an interesting topic. And unfortunately, we don't often talk about the way that traumatic situations impact kids and then, of course, impact them well into adulthood. I think we are part of a generation of people and of women who are trying to kind of bridge that gap. Um, it's something that we're seeing. So it's really cool to see that this is, this is your passion. So before we get into all of it, uh, this week, we're talking about all of our listeners favorite goal, which is goal number three. If you come back every week and have listened since season one, you know, that goal number three, good health and well-being, is something we talk about often, but that's only because it's such an important goal. And it's something that touches a variety of topics. Uh, So if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that this goal is all about physical and mental wellness. So all of the facets that go into that. So before we get started, can you tell me what inspired your work with your CSI? Absolutely. My um, father was diagnosed with stage four head and neck cancer when I was 13 years old. And um, it was a really hard time on my family. Um, his diagnosis didn't, didn't look good. Um, the doctors told my mom, my brother and I, that we should start preparing for what we'll look like without my dad. Um, and as a 13 year old, I bottled up all my emotions. I didn't want to even think about what life could be like without him. So I just didn't, I didn't address it. I didn't, um, I didn't think about it. I, like I said, bottled everything up and as I got older, um, I was really struggling with my anxiety and depression. And it wasn't until my freshman year of college that, you know, I'm so grateful my parents, um, spoiler alert, my dad, we are very blessed, um, survived and people medical staff is still here with us today. And as I got to college, uh, my parents recognized uh, signs that um, I was really struggling. And they were the ones that encouraged me to start seeing a therapist. And as I was talking to my therapist, um, she was the one who brought up the term adverse childhood experiences and that um, she could see the links of my anxiety and depression really stemming from my experience of thinking I was going to lose my dad and not wanting to not want it and bottling that all in. Um, And so it was something that 
took took a while to actually get to years after that experience happened. Um, but it really opened the doors for not only my personal story, but then, you know, researching and seeing um, the area I'm from in Wisconsin is actually really fortunate that the large medical establishments are heavily involved in advocating for ACEs. And so I have been extremely lucky to work with some brilliant and really, really wonderful medical professionals that see the need and see the link of when a child goes through trauma, the, the health risks that they can experience once they get older. So you just mentioned that fortunately you live in an area where a lot of resources are available. Can you talk us through what those resources look like for youth, you know, in your area of Wisconsin, and then maybe how that differs for youth across the country? Yeah, yeah. So there are quite a few organizations within uh, the medical um field in the lacrosse area. So we have um, Gunderson Lutheran, which is a hospital here, has the Resilient and Trauma-Informed Community Group that really focuses on the education of ACEs, what they are for business professionals, um, geared towards a lot of uh, professions that work with children. But the great thing is anyone in the community can take part in these classes. They're 100% free to um, participate in, and it's a full-on two-day training of what are ACEs, how and as a community, how can we help and how can we be proactive and be protective of children? So that's a great thing. Um, and then the schools do a really great job of providing resources for our children of different educational opportunities and resources for families. Um, an organization that I got to be a part of that isn't specific to the lacrosse area is the American Society for Positive Care of Children. And their goal is to help parents and um, adults and the and opportunities to learn to provide positive and caring, nurturing environments for our children to learn and grow. And so they've been a wonderful organization um, for, for country. And again, all of their resources are free for everyone. That's wonderful. I think I've met with a lot of mental health professionals on this podcast. One of my best friends is a mental health professional. Uh, and something that we often just talk about in passing is the fact that access is not common, which is truly unfortunate because obviously children are our future. And when it comes to mental wellness and physical wellness and everything that goes with that, seeing that there's a lack of access and and across the country, I know here in Pennsylvania, it's something that we deal with every single day. It's it's really disappointing, but it's awesome to know that we have, there are places where, you know, if somebody needed to reach out online, that they could get those access to at least some type of free resource. But moving forward into that, you know, you talk about preparing for a healthy future. So what do you think to you, what does a healthy future look like? Uh, well, I think the biggest thing that for is for children to not feel like they're defined by their past, that what they have gone through um, in their childhood does not determine what their future can look like. And so I focus on the five ways to deal with toxic stress. And that's a, a big talking point in my school presentations um, of K through 12 of number one, finding a key person in your life that you feel comfortable, that you feel like you can go to, that is your role model. Um, number two, having 
regular exercise, and that can look different for everyone. A walk after school with a friend, maybe it's getting involved in your basketball team or dance club, um, whatever that may be, just finding something that you enjoy that gets your body moving, um, getting proper nutrition, feeling your body with good foods and foods that make you feel good, getting enough sleep at night. And then lastly, which we've been touching on mental health care, really prioritizing that, um, looking at your stressors, which can be really hard, especially for the younger audiences to fully understand. Um, so th the biggest have for individuals in living a healthy life and looking at that bright future is surrounding yourself with positive people, finding that key role model in your life that you feel safe to go to. So serving as an advocate and educator, obviously probably takes a toll on you eventually. I'm sure people share their own stories with you and, and the life of a delegate in the Miss America organization, if you're doing the job right, is an exhausting one. Uh, it's both physically taxing and mentally taxing. So how do you as an advocate, as an educator, as a delegate, you know, A, find that balance between your wellness and the job, and also model that behavior for those who, you know, you might be doing a school presentation for. Yeah. Oh, that is, it can be really challenging at times. Cause as you said, you know, as delegates, we want to do so much. We want to give so much of ourselves, but you, you can't pour from an empty cup and you have to find those outlets to refill yourself. Um, something that I love, I love journaling. Um, that's been a really great outlet for myself. Something that I started to do, uh, when I started therapy, it's been a really great outlet for me. Um, surrounding myself again with my friends, with my family. I'm very close with my family. I'm very, um, I feel very blessed to have such a close family unit. So when I am able to spend time with them, I find that my cup gets filled in that way of spending time with my dog. Um, I have a 50 or I'm sorry, 18. He's not 15. He's 18 years old. Um, little deaf going blind, but we still love him so much. And he brings me so much joy. Um, also dancing. I'm a dancer. Um, I dance throughout high school and college. Um, and well, now I don't dance competitively outside of my talent. Um, just going to the studio and being able to dance on my own is an outlet that I find um, is really, really great for me to help with help with my mental health. So transitioning a little bit, let's talk about your experience in the Miss America organization. I feel like we have very similar stories. I competed for the first time in the teen program when I was 13 years old back in 2012. So we have been in for, I would say, probably the same amount of time. I also took a few years off between tween and Miss before I came back to compete for Miss. And so tell me, what was it that inspired you to first get involved? Yeah, my dance teacher, Christina Smaby, um, well, she was a local title holder all throughout um, when I was younger. So I remember always going to her local competitions, watching her compete. And the first year that I went to Miss Wisconsin competition was in 2009 to cheer on Miss Christina. And she won Miss Wisconsin that year. And so I was, I mean, I worshipped the ground she walked on. She was anything Miss Christina did, I was like, oh my gosh, that is the best thing ever. So at from the age of 10, I was like, I want to compete in the Miss America organization. I want to be like Miss Christina. And once I was, I had just turned 13. So I just um, was able to compete for my first local and absolutely 
no idea what I was doing, but I feel like sometimes that's the best way to just be thrown into it and just be so excited. I remember I bought all of my, I used to old dance costume. Um, I found a interview dress at Macy's on the clearance rack for I think eight dollars um I ordered my evening gown off of probably the sketchiest site known to mankind like I'm surprised I actually got the dress in time it didn't come in a garment bag so it's January in Wisconsin very snowy not great weather so we put it in a trash bag to protect it and I remember I roll up to the competition I'm so excited to compete and I see these girls walking with racks of dresses and I'm walking in with my little trash bag and my evening gown, um, which is just hilarious. But I was just still so excited to be able to compete because, again, you know, this was something that I watched my role model do and I, I wanted to be just like her and um, had such a great experience by the grace of the Lord, ended up winning that local competition. I have no, still, I pout this day because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but I had such, such a wonderful, wonderful year of, uh, of growing and learning more actually what the organization all entails and the benefits and definitely got bit by the bug and knew I wanted to keep competing organization. So I um, did not make top, in Wisconsin, we only do top five for teams. So I did not make top five that year. Um, took a year off, came back the following year um, and ended up being first runner up and then came back the following year and ended up winning Miss Wisconsin teen in 2015. So then I got to spend an entire year um, serving the state of Wisconsin, which was the one of the most incredible experiences for me. That is, it's so funny hearing you say that I did not win my first local competing. I was a hot mess. I still think I might be a hot mess. I think I'm a little bit more of a particular, (laughs) but it is so cool. One of the things I love the most about this organization, in addition to meeting people is seeing the, a, the growth that comes from people, but B seeing like teen state title holders come back and then compete for the Miss program. Cause I think it just speaks wonders about what this job is and what it does and the people that you become through it. I was never a state title holder as a teen. My cousin was, and that was so exciting to watch happen. But like, I have many friends who were state title holders when they were teens and now they've gone on and they were Miss Pennsylvania. So it's so cool to see you know, our, our, our teens come back and hopefully become our miss. So what comes next? Obviously you'll be competing for Miss Wisconsin, but what comes next? What does this year of service look for you? Look like for you? Yeah, well, I feel so blessed that this year I get to represent my own of Onalaska. Um, so really getting as involved in this community as I possibly can and really giving back to a community that showed my family the true sense of community when my father was going through his cancer treatment, um, the way that our community just wrapped their arms around us and gave us so much throughout a time that was so hard on our family um, makes me even more motivated to give back to this amazing um, this amazing community. Um, so I'm so closely with the Onalaska School District. Um, 
And above that, um, I have a team for the very first time. All my other locals that I've had as a miss, I haven't had a team um, with that local. So I'm so excited. Um, Ricky is her name. She's my Miss Onalaska teen. And this is her very first time. Um, miss Onalaska was her very first competition. Um, so it's so exciting to get to experience all these first with her. And she is just so exciting and such a ball of energy. She is such um so I'm so excited to get to experience this year with her <laughs> that is awesome that's another thing the teen and miss relationship is really one that is just so wonderful I prayed for sisters I got a little brother yeah <laughs> and now I've got a yes. hundred sisters I'm a, little, I'm a little sister one older brother so don't have any sisters and yes thankful that able to actually have sisters and you know coming from being a teen I feel very lucky that each title I was as a teen I got very close with my miss um and so to be able to have that relationship and get to know that individual because yeah I mean I'm sure you know it's such a special bond that you guys hold um and so I'm just I'm so excited for this year with her that is that is awesome. I'm super excited to be able to follow along. But before we close out our interview today, I want to ask, now that you have your new founded sister, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a young person that wants to create positive change in the world? Just go for it. Um, and don't, don't question yourself. Don't think you're not old enough. Don't think you're not smart enough. Don't think you're not ready enough. Um, I don't think there's ever a perfect time for anything. You know, we talked earlier about when we both started off in this organization and we didn't really know what we were doing, but we just threw ourselves into it. And look at us now, all these years later, um, maybe still not knowing what we're doing, but um, have had such an awesome ride in this organization. So just go for it and know that, you know, you have this wonderful bright future ahead of you and any anything is possible thank you so much for joining us today this has been absolutely wonderful to our listeners back at home i hope that you have enjoyed this just as much as i have but you guys can learn more about how you can achieve the united nations 17 sustainable development goals by following us on instagram at sisters and sustainability podcast and at sustainability starts with you Join the hashtag SisPodNation today and remember that sustainability really does start with you. Thanks for listening.